Welcome to the podcast of Central Church. This is our latest weekly message. Look at us all. It's always great when we all show up on the same day. Just, you know, it's really good. Um, tonight, I just want to share a few things about church this year. And um, so it'll be a bit informative in terms of some of the things that are going on, but also um, to share, I guess, and reshare or share again. Some of you will hear some of this for the first time. Some of, some of you would have heard me talk about this type of thing too much. Um, talk a little bit about our church and our culture and who we are um, because I think it's always important whenever you gather a diverse group of people together um, to remind one another what it is that's unique and special and precious about who we are as a church. So I want to do a little bit of that tonight because I do think that like every other church that exists, we are very special and very precious to God. And there are unique things about us um, that some of you who are newer to our church might have kind of sensed a bit in the waters or kind of wondered why it is that we do things a certain way. Um, so hopefully tonight we'll explain some of that for you if you've sort of been wondering. Um, I often I do think that Central has a very relaxed, casual vibe to it. And often I think people read that as disorganised. Um, and there is an element of truth in that. Um, <laughs> but there is also a whole lot of intentionality about that. You know, not everything we do is just random and haphazard. Like, we always start late. That's intentional. We do that because we actually don't start late. We start on time. That's when you get here at four o'clock. But the first little 10 or 12 or 15 minutes, depending on how long it goes, is for us just to be the church together. Most people think, oh, church starts with the singing. No, it doesn't. It starts when you decide to get in your car and come here and then you park your car. That's, that's the start. It's the conversation and the relationship and the connection. That's church. So we always start on time, but we start late for most of us who are churches and are used to the singing, starting things. So that's intentional. It might look like they can't get their act together and start on time. We're doing that on purpose. Um, so it's things like that, I think, that look relaxed and are actually sort of intentional. I, I always, you know, the best analogy I've come to think about church is that church, church, the church of God across the whole world is like an ice cream shop. You go into an ice cream shop, and depending on the shop, there is a level of flavour choice from, what, about eight? Eight would be a minimum, like bodgy corner store, not very many choices, right through to some of your, like, gourmet selections where there's just, like, choice galore. Like, every... It's all ice cream, but there's different flavours. That's church. It's all church, but there's different flavours of church. And uh, central is a unique flavour of church. That's not to everyone's taste. You know, when, you know, there's a flavour of ice cream you would never eat. For some people, that's licorice. I know, but you, for other people, that's bubble gum. Some people hate peppermint, right? But other people, so it's just a flavour thing. Every church is a different flavour. And at the end of the day, we just want people to buy more ice cream. Do we care what flavour they choose when they go in the ice cream shop? No, we don't. 
We don't care. Just buy more ice cream. It's like that with church. Just belong to a church. Just pick a flavor that you like, that you like to eat, that you like to eat regularly and go there. So Central's like a flavor of, um, of church that's unique and wonderful and has some crunchy bits in it every now and then. So um, I want to just talk a little bit about our flavor so that, you know, we're just all on the same page. And if anything comes up for you when I'm talking tonight that you really don't like or you want to ask me further questions about, just come and ask me further questions. That would be awesome. Um, and while tonight I'm going to be talking, I guess, about our culture and our values, it's always like I'm going to be talking on it like an ideal level. Like this is what we are and what we aim to be. It's also what we completely suck at. So don't read all these things as like we've got it all together because we don't. We're messy. We're figuring out along the way, but these are some of the things that we set our course on and we aim towards. And even if we fail in that, at least we're aiming in the right direction. So this isn't the list of things Central's really good at. It's just the list of things that we value. So first of all, let me talk about spirituality. Our culture around spirituality, and by no means is this exhaustive. We could talk for, about lots of things, but some of the things that really inform our spirituality at Central is that we want to have a really deep and robust spirituality. We want to go deep into the things of God, not just sit on the surface. Um, so sometimes that means on Sundays we do go into deep things that none of us really know what we're talking about. That's okay. Like some of that is about us as a community, just not always sitting on the surface on the basic things, but going deeper and doing things like that. So we just value depth in our spirituality. We really value transformation in who we are as people, believing that more and more we are recreated and created into the image of God. That means that there's broken and messed up bits in each of us that need to get sorted out. And that happens more and more as we enter into deep relationship with God. It also happens more and more the more we bump up against one another because your brokenness bumps up against my brokenness and then we have to sort each other out or sort ourselves out. So we value transformation. You are welcome here as you are with all your warts and weird bits but we're not going to burn incense to your brokenness and tell you how wonderful it is that you're just a bit weird and broken. We're going to actually say to you, you might need to go get some help for that. Um, so that's one of the things we value, that we, you're welcome to just be as you are, but we're also going to mirror back to you some options for personal growth because we believe that to be transformed into the image of God means growing, growing deeper, growing deeper in God and growing deeper in ourselves. I, I think that someone more, much more smarter than me and I read it this week, but I can't even remember what it says. But the link between knowing yourself and knowing God is very close. Um, the more you know yourself, the deeper you can know God. So self-awareness is key. That's knowing all our good bits and knowing all our weird and quirky bits as well. And they, they all help us grow. Um, we really believe in healing and freedom here, that we can pursue those things. That goes along with transformation, that once we realize there's things in us that need to grow and change, that God can bring healing and freedom to us. Sometimes that happens quickly. Sometimes that happens slowly. Sometimes that's going to happen the other side of heaven. And we don't set a bar. Like, it's not a benchmark of, like, those who have been healed and set free are, like, cooler than the ones that haven't. We're all works in progress. And who's to say how God's timing works into all of that? 
We are charismatic as a church. Now, for some people, that's an old word and has a lot of baggage. For some people, that's a new word. For some people, that's a word they'd rather not talk about. But in my um, thinking, like we do have quite a charismatic heritage. And, and like some of the baggage from that, we are, I carry some baggage of some of that stuff that I just kind of want to walk away from. But what, in essence, I think charismatic means is that we are open to encounter from God in the here and the now. Now, that doesn't mean rolling on the floor and speaking in tongues, although it might mean that for you if that's part of your journey. But it does mean that I believe that the Spirit of God is present to us. It's not just something that happened in the past that we read about in an old book, but it's something that's alive and real for us every day, every moment of every day. The Holy Spirit can minister to us the presence of God. It's, a, it's a, an abiding reality for our spirituality. We're, we want to disciple one another we love, we want to dive deeper into love for God and love from God. That we learn what it means to love God and we know what it means to be the beloved. And we are into spiritual practices of all different types and flavors and exploring deep ways to, um, to do that encounter with God and exploring deep ways to have a spirituality in the everyday. I grew up, many of you have heard this before, I grew up kind of being told that to pray and read your Bible, that was the sum total of how you could relate to God, having a quiet time. And I was never really taught that, you know, there's a billion other spiritual practices that we can use as God's people to help us encounter the peace and the love and the joy of God. And so we're just interested in exploring some of these as a church. So that's our spirituality in a loose nutshell. Um, community. We really try to see ourselves as family here at Central. That means that once you come, you can never leave. No, joking. That is not true. But that the way we relate to one another is like family. And that gathering together on a Sunday is like gathering together for family dinner. Now, if you don't show up to family dinner, are you kicked out of the family? Not, not in a good family, all right? <laughs> But it's good to show up at family dinner because it's the connection point. It's a little bit like that. Like it's not, attendance is not the measure of your belonging. Although often showing up to one another regularly helps the belonging process. But we see each other as family. We really value vulnerability, honesty and being authentic. That means like being truthful with our mess um, and our goodness and really being, you know, vulnerable to one another in our brokenness. Not hiding at all. Wherever we hide stuff, guilt and shame just loves to have a party, but we don't want to do that. We want to be able to be vulnerable and open and honest with each other. And you will often hear that from the front. We don't try and pretend that those who lead or those who preach have it all together. We don't. Um, and that's part of building a culture where we can do that with one another. We try to have a commitment to show up to each other even when we're broken. And sometimes that's really, really hard um, when you feel like you are in a hard place. Um, when you feel like if you came to church, you would burst into tears. It's good to come anyway. It's safe to cry. Um, so showing up even when it's hard. We want to be present to one another and have a high relational commitment to one another. We have grace for each other's sharp corners. We know that relationships take time and that you can't program them. Um, we try to practice what it looks like to love one another, which is costly, involves lots of forgiveness and serving one another. And we are diverse and inclusive, and I hope that more and more we model to 
each other and to the world, that we can be a church and belong together, even if we have different opinions about things. Like it's okay, like I think so much more in our world, our world is getting squeezed into people who believe this thing versus people that believe that thing. And like you can't live in either camp. Well, this is a place where you you can think differently to the person sitting next to you and still belong together. And there's all manner of things that if you dug deep enough, we might you might find out that you think differently from the person next to you about life, about God, about the world. But here we can hold difference together and love one another and let love be the highest value. So that's part of our community to one another. Um, we are a low-programmed church. We do. That's an intentional thing. That's not a lazy thing. The intentionality around that is that we're just aware that to build meaningful, lasting relationship actually takes face-to-face time. And it doesn't always work just to do it programmed. Like sometimes we just need to be in each other's homes. We need to be having meals together. We need to be slowly growing and developing in relationship. And you can't make that happen. It just, it just, just happens naturally. So we, we're low on programs to free up time to release time to be more of a family together. If the only time a family ever did something was when they were doing chores together or ticking boxes, it wouldn't be much of a family. You need lots of dead time together. You need lots of boring time together. You need lots of just spontaneous time together. So that's how we try and do things in church. So that's some of our community stuff. Okay, mission. Um, I really, really believe that your life is your mission. If you want to know what it is that you're called to do, you're already called to it. It's your life. God gave it to you. (laughs) You don't often need to go and find a new mission field, although sometimes some of us are called to do that. If you, if you look around your everyday life enough, you will discover the calling of God rich around you. You'll discover ways to serve and glorify God in all manner of ways just through the life that you live, through the way you interact with your neighbours, through the way you communicate with your colleagues, your co-workers, other mums at the school gate. Everything's mission. So we kind of just have that belief that wherever we go, there we are and God is with us and we're, we're doing stuff with God everywhere we go. Um, love is a high priority for serving, that we really love other people, we see the image of God in them, that love is our, our motivation, not other things, um, that we practice living out love for God's good world. So often in Christianity we can have an image of the world as evil and somehow we have to resist the evil of the world. There is evil in this world, and we do need to resist it. But God made this world, and he made it good, and he gave us the mandate to care for it and to make it prosper. And that's a good mission, to to love this world, to see it prosper, to see good flourish all around us, to just be in on that. Um, We try to embody the kingdom here and now. That's about 75 sermons in what that means. We're sharing the love, life, and the way of Jesus with other people, knowing that Jesus reveals Father God to the world and that we have an understanding of, of Jesus and how beautiful he is and that as we share that with other people, it's a great thing. And having a heart for the least, the last, the lost, and the lonely. It's really important. That's probably one that many of us need to try to do more intentionally. Some of the other stuff is like you do it as you go, but... For most people, unless you put yourself in the path of the least, the lost, the last and the lonely, you can ignore them. It's, it's good for us to have intentional practices 
that engage us with other people's worlds that we can bring God, like the love of Jesus to. So that's a bit about mission. Am I forgetting anything? Luke said he'd interrupt me if I was like forgetting heaps of stuff. And the last one I just thought I'd share about is leadership because, I don't know, just thought about it. Not that it's a huge high value, but it does inform some of how we are as a church. So our leadership, we try as best we can, and maybe I I should also say I try as best I can to model what love looks like to you. And so do the other leaders in this church. Guilt and shame are great tools for controlling behaviour, but only love transforms. And I think much of worldly leadership um, has is very good at guilt and shame and manipulation in order to get people to do things. We actively resist that in this church. When Jesus talked to his disciples and they were fighting about who was going to sit at his right and who was, who was, who was at his left, um, he says to him, you know, the... The rulers and the kings of this world lead in this way, but you are not to lead that way. You are to love one another. So I'm par- totally paraphrasing Jesus and mushing it up. It's terrible. Should have looked that bit up. So we just try to model love, loving one another, loving what love as leadership looks like. And sometimes that's like, you know, what does love as parenting look like? Sometimes there's some strong encouragement in the mix there, but... Anyway, um, I, I see the role as leadership is cultivating healthy soil. What I mean by that is um, you, we're all people who will grow in the atmosphere or the culture or the soil of this church. If the soil of this church is healthy, um, healthy things will grow no matter what's planted here. So I think part of the task of leadership is to cultivate that soil. One of the good examples of this is I, I have a garden. I don't know a lot about gardening. I love gardening. I'm ignorant. I'm learning more and more. A couple of years ago, my school, the kids' school put in a permaculture garden and, um, you know, they designed it all and created it using permaculture things. And I remember at one point walking through the gate and just seeing this garden. Man, it was like on steroids. There was like pumpkins going for forever, there were trees that were newly planted that had grown, it's just just like a garden on steroids. The passion fruit vine, man, is to be coveted. It is like, I don't know how many kilos of passion fruits that vine has yielded, but I've stolen one. (laughs) Haven't you? I was going to see if you'd stolen any. I stole one the other day. Anyway, when I go to my garden, the different, like, I, I have things growing, but it's nowhere near what the school garden looks like. And we're only, as the bird flies, like 300 metres, like there's something they know what to do about the soil that's producing abundant yield that I don't know. And I think leadership should concentrate on the soil and getting things in the mix that are, whatever's planted there is just going to go off. And, you know, you were planted here at Central, those who belong. You might be planted forever. You might be like a lemon tree that's going to fruit in season every year until it dies. Or you might just be an annual that comes and goes. It doesn't matter. I just want for however long you are here that you flourish and that you are fruitful and that you just, you just thrive. So that's what we do. That's part of my focus as leadership. Leadership is vulnerable and collaborative. We do stuff together. I see part of my role and other leaders in this church, our role is to help find your freedom, your path and your calling, not tell you what it is. Um, That's slower, more relational, 
but it's too easy to just dictate things and say, this is what you should do. Um, I don't think that's good leadership. I think helping you find what's your thing, helping you come alive in your calling, helping you become free in the way that God has laid out for you, that's part of my role to help you do that. Um, This is a really big one in our culture, that I trust in your self-governance and will always encourage you to take personal responsibility for your life. At the end of the day, it's you that stands before God, not you and me. So you are responsible for your spiritual life, you are responsible for your discipleship, you are responsible for your growth, and I'm here to champion you in any way I possibly can. Um, That's really important um, that you know that, that you lean into that. Like one example of that is in our house, four people go to school every day, three children and one adult. Now, the three children that go to school every day get high levels of harassment from their mother about brushing their teeth, doing their hair, not playing Lego, packing their bag, making sure they've got all their bits. There is absolutely no harassing that goes into getting Luke to school. He either gets to school on his own, or I don't know. I don't remind him to brush his teeth. (laughs) I don't ask if he's packed his lunch. He's an adult. He's responsible for himself. You're an adult. You're responsible for yourself. I think, so. again, so much leadership in organizations is based on keeping people childlike. You won't be childlike here. High levels of personal autonomy, take responsibility for yourself, and I will champion you. If you want any help with anything, there are people here ready to help, but we're not going to chase you, nudging you, prodding you to do it, okay? It's like high-level personal responsibility. Um, We're non-hierarchical with Grow Together. Um, There are so many examples of how you guys have led me, Um, like there are things that this church is growing in that have that are like just not my thing at all, but you guys are leading it, and I love that. That's the non-hierarchical thing. We grow together. And leadership, I think, is responsible for discernment, direction, obedience. So I will, and others, and together collaboratively, we will discern what God might be saying to us, having an idea of where we might be going, and then we'll be like holding course and trying to be obedient to that as we gather together. So they're just some cultural things. How are we going? You know, are you, do you need to like do a shake? That's all I want to say about culture. Let's move on to this year. This year, um, we are going to spend most of the year here and there as our guiding focus, looking at the Sermon on the Mount. So last year, our theme was Beholding Jesus, and we were just really constantly looking at Jesus for who he was, knowing that he is the perfect image of God. So he reveals to us the face of the Father. If you want to know what God is like, you look at Jesus. So as we were doing that last year, and as we were sort of tracking into that. And as I was doing that in my own personal life, all of a sudden, you know, I'm I'm just starting to think about, okay, Jesus, if you came to show us God, um, I think the other side of that is you also came to show us what being fully human looks like. Because Jesus was fully God and fully human. 
And so if there was anyone who was going to be a good model of how to live as a human, how to live in the way of God, how to honour God and follow follow God and do what was right, it's Jesus. And so I started to just think more richly about the teaching of Jesus and how he taught us to live, how he taught us to, to go in the way. He often talks about the way, the way to live. And so I just started to think more and more about that and just sort of thought it would be good for us now that we're just beholding Jesus to, to just lean some more in what he taught us about how to live as humans. And the Sermon on the Mount is just a fairly concise and it's not the full breadth of teaching that Jesus gave, but it's a good chunk. It's Matthew 5, 6 and 7. You could read that every day if you were disciplined, passionate and a little bit OCD. If you read that passage over the course of this next 12 months, five or six times, I will consider myself a winning pastor. If you go above that, I'll be stoked. If you do it every day, come and tell me at the end of the year and I'll give you a Fredo frog um, because that deserves some kind of kudos. Um, in uh, Matthew chapter 11, I'm just jumping out of the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew chapter 11, verses 27 to 30, Jesus says this, All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. That's the beholding thing. When we look at Jesus, we see the Father. If you want to know what God is like, you look at Jesus and Jesus reveals it. And it's not like there is like, oh, am I one of those ones that Jesus chose to reveal God to? Yes, you are. You are definitely. There's no like unchosen ones right in this context. And then he goes on to say, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, you know, in that time, in Jesus' time as a rabbi, the rabbi's yoke was his teaching. That's what it's referring to. They would often say that a certain rabbi's way of teaching was called his yoke. So Jesus is referring to his teaching. I'm teaching you how to be. I'm teaching you how to follow. I'm teaching you the way. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened from trying to do it your own way or trying to follow other people who've tried to tell you how the way is. I will give you rest. Take my teaching upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my teaching is easy and my burden is light. He's talking about his teaching. So I just want us to dive into the Jesus way. What's the Jesus way? Because it's light. And if we live in the way of Jesus, it says we will find rest for our souls. I don't know about you, but I would love a whole lot more chunk of rest for my soul. I think I live so much in striving, so much in trying, so much in shoulds, coulds, woulds. And I just want to live in the way of Jesus because it's light and easy and restful 
And they're all kinds of things that I want more for my life. Now, I think it's a little bit tricky when Jesus says it's easy. There are some things we'll look at. You read the Sermon on the Mount, it ain't seem that easy. But I do think there's something like when you live in the right, when you live in the right way, you're going with the grain. Like there is a way that God made us as humans to be. When we live in that way, we're going with the grain. When we go against the grain, we get splinters. And I think so many of us live lives with splinters sticking all out. We're wounded and we wound others. But there is a way that Jesus created us to be. And the more we learn about it and the more we flow in it, the more life just goes well. So we're going to do that. Have some fun. There'll be other things we look at, but we're going to anchor ourselves there mostly. Okay, that's that, teaching. All right, skipping along. All right, small groups. Here's the small groups for the year. We've worked them out mostly. There's going to be a men's group that will be a collaborative event, event between Simon, Michael, Peter, and Craig. Are there any more details, men? No. It's going to happen. It will happen. You will be informed. That's men's group or groups or something. So that, that's one. <laughs> There'll be a women's group that... Um, Linda is going to lead and Kylie is going to host and it will be once a month. Lin- Linda, are there any more details? No. <laughs> In previous years, that group's been on the first Tuesday of every month. It will likely be something like that. The last Tuesday of every month, the first Tuesday of every month. Kylie lives in Wanoona, so it's a bit of a, more of a northern group, but... Um, that's, that's sort of like a reincarnation of groups that happened before and it's, a, it's, a, it's fun. Women, if you ever want a good laugh, um, that's a good group. Um, Al and Cheryl are going to run a Developing Intimacy with God small group that's going to start off launching with six weeks straight on a... Here. Glad I'm, someone's got some details. <laughs> Commencing Wednesday week, which will be the 20th, on a Wednesday night at 7.30pm. Oh, at our house. We will get addresses and details and all this to you on email and all matter of things. But that's, so that will start with six weeks straight and might evolve from there into a regular something. So, but it will have like a focus on just developing intimacy with God. So if you feel like that's where you need to lean in this year, that's a great group. And then Becca and Sophie are going to like collaboratively do a group that dives a bit deeper into some of the Sermon on the Mount stuff that we'll be doing on a Sunday. So once a month that group will have a study that Becca is going to like just coordinate and also once a month, which will so it will happen fortnightly, but it will have a rhythm of once a month there's a, a deeper study and once a month Soph's going to just organise the group to have dinner together. So like you'll be going at different people's houses and people will be hosting you and you'll be eating together and so that's a thing that, yes, Eloise. Co-ed. I know, so we've got two, two gender specifics and two co-eds. So you can choose. Although Craig is very keen, as part of the men's group, on doing a study on masculinity that he wants to invite women to. So the men's group might become co-ed for a while. You never know. That might be news to some of you, but anyway. They're the the rumours I've heard in the the way. So they're our our groups. So we've got one definite start. 
and the others will likely start in the next couple of weeks. So, And they'll probably run through, like most of our small groups run roughly the end of February right through to the end of November, and we just sort of gather like that. So if one of those works for you, that's great. And again, like everything, you know, sometimes small groups can seem like such a big deal for some people. I know we all have busy lives, but it's great to really commit to one and try to lean in if you can. Uh, but if you say you really want to commit to one, it doesn't mean like you're going to get blacklisted if you forget to show up one week or you have a, like it's okay. Like just belong and show up as much as possible, except for Alan Sherrill's, which has a higher level of commitment, doesn't it? For six weeks. There's no, there's no slacking off for six weeks. It's like hardcore. All right. That's our small groups. Okay. A couple of other things that are happening. There will be other pop-up groups that are happening ad hoc. Um, I don't know what they are yet. Linda's interested in doing some Enneagram nights for people who want to use the Enneagram as a tool for spiritual growth and depth, and they will happen. Um, we might have some other kind of like theological wrestling nights. They'll just happen here and there and be one-off things. Um, Becca, contemplative yoga and centering prayer, 8 a.m. Saturday mornings. Women only. Is it women only? Yes. I, I didn't put that up because I Sorry, Luke. So every Saturday, actually, it's been running now for how long? Nine weeks they've been doing it. So ladies, if you ever feel like Saturday morning you need to start your weekend with just some deep breathing and some prayer and some stretching, then they do it up in the classroom. And if it gets too big, they can do it down here. And there are some mats around, but if you've got, if you have a mat, just bring it. So that's happening. And then Oren, he's going to coordinate a dad's group slash men slash dads slash men. Yeah, if you don't have a kid, there's enough to go around. Um, and that's likely, it's going to start on February the 17th, um, which is, is it? Oh, this Sunday, February the 17th, I'm meeting just down at Port Kembla Park. So dads, bring your kids. Bring your sports stuff. Mums go swimming. It's a nice one. Do you, and do you want to say anything about it? And we've got a clip to advertise that. Oh. <laughs> sure, roll the clip. <laughs> oh. Don't think, kids think, pink haters. My Detroit players, Tim's for my hooligans in Brooklyn. That's Dead it. right, if the head right, Biggie there, and I. Papa been school since days of under rules. Never lose, never choose to. Bruce, Bruce, who? Do something to us. Talk, go through us. Girls want to us, wanna do us, screw us, who us? Yeah, Papa and Pop. <laughs> Close like Starsky and Hutch, stick to clutch. Yeah, I squeeze three at your cherry M3. Bang every MC easily. Take that. Easily. Recently, Frontin' ain't saying nothing, so I just speak my peace, keep my peace. Cubans with the Jesus peace, with you, my peace, packing, asking who want it, get on it, on it. That Brooklyn bull, we on it. Biggie, 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 can't you see? Sometimes your words just hypnotize me, and I just love your flashy way. Yeah, so it's going to be exactly like that. <laughs> We're going to be rocking the park. Um, this has just really come from, I guess, a place I've noticed in, in myself and I guess other uh, dads around as well. And if you're anything like me, 
Uh, I've been a dad for nine years, but majority of the people I hang out with are not parents. And one of the reasons for that is because it's just so damn hard to coordinate my life with my kids. And then if someone else has kids as well, it's just trying like making the stars align, which is almost impossible. And so this is just a time it's really non, you know, uh, not going to say non-committal, but it's it's only a couple of hours once a month. We're just going to get together, and it's about the community thing, like Carol was talking about. It's um, us dads coming together and just being that dad community, enjoying the highs and lows of parenthood together. Uh, there's no, you know, great spiritual agenda or anything like that. So feel free to bring any mates along. Question? You you have to bring. Yes, you, you should bring your kids. But, yeah, if you've ever seen the movie that that clips from, what happens at dad's group stays at dad's group. So if you leave in the car, that's, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, with the, yeah, window, yeah, we're responsible still, of course. <laughs> so it's just a time. Come along. We'll just hang out a bit, look after each other's kids, you know, swap barbecue tips or whatever guys do together. And it's just going to be a bit of good fun. So there'll be more information with ones coming up, I guess, on the Facebook page. We'll put them up, yep, sure. And uh, let me know if you have any questions. Coolsy. And yeah, not just for dads, but men, if you want to hang out with other men. Oh, yeah, if you don't have a kid and you're just not doing anything on Sunday morning, come along and just enjoy them, that's fine as well. We'll give you one, yeah. Um, other bits and pieces, Caitlin, Kids Church. Caitlin's our new Kids Church um, guru worker. Um, she's employed by the church. She, she will be. Realise this week, haven't sorted that out. Amanda, where's Amanda? She's up in Cray, she's got to work that out. Um, six hours a week just to look after the kids, which is fantastic. So what do you, what do you want to tell us? Okay. Um, I feel like I should stand up or something. I'll do it up here. Um, so we're looking at Kids Church this time, um, telling God's story, which is just like a curriculum-based thing. Um, it's just looking at mostly New Testament stuff. Um, because often in kids' church we look at like Old Testament stuff, which, yeah, um, I just really want to focus on the New Testament. Um, so this term, it's miracles Jesus did. So we're going to be going through them each week. Um, this is the first week we're doing that. Um, so every um, term we have a memory verse and then like a term challenge that the kids get to do. So, um, yeah, we do that every week. We're going to be doing that throughout the year. And, yeah, so we're, we're looking for some people who can do kids' church dinners. Now, in the past, this has seemed like a bit of a thing that's kind of hard for people to do, but really it's more like a thing that you do at home, cook a dinner and then come bring it in and heat it up. It doesn't have to be really um, complicated or anything. It can be like a simple meal. Um, and if you're wanting to do that, you can come see me. And, yeah, and if there's anything else you um, feel like you want to bring to me about kids' church, like, feel free to come to me about it. Like, if you have an idea for kids' church or if there's something um, you want to bring that isn't happening or, yeah, just feel free to see me. I'll probably be up in the hall or down here on Sundays. Um, yeah, so if you have any of that, come see me. <laughs> Thanks, Caitlin. I think one of the things with the dinners is like having a four o'clock service means that if you've got kids and you want to hang around a bit afterwards, it's just nice if they're fed. It's like, oh, you get home, the at least the kids are fed Sunday night. So if any anyone wants to help out with that, just it's a gift to everyone having the kids fed. So um, 
That's, that's Kids Church. All right, we got a church weekend away, April the 5th to the 7th, back down at Seven Mile Beach. Um, there'll be more info coming out this week about that, but put it in your diaries. Morning church will still be happening every month, the first Sunday of the month at 9.30. Um, that's where we just explore spiritual practice together. It's a really rich and wonderful gathering. Um, it's beautiful. It's a really beautiful gathering. There's lots of good things coming out of that. So if you're into that, pop along. Youth, Matt, do you want to say, what do you want to say about the youth? Come up. Maya, you're the youth representative in the church tonight, so fist pump to you. And Lauren. And La- oh, and Lauren. Yeah, Lauren. Hey, guys. Um, so I'm heaps more relaxed these days because uh, Caitlin's taking kids' church now and I just get the youth. Um, but, yeah, so youth, um, I'll just tell you what we're planning on doing this year, but it's pretty much the same as last. Actually, one of them's here, so, I mean, you can come up and say if you want. No, that's, that's a bit mean of me to ask, but yeah, so um, basically the context is that four years ago when I got here, there was like one youth um, and lots of kids, so now as they've grown up, um, yeah, we've really just started to um, engage with youth through like a small group mostly, and um, yeah, so Becky and Laura and I, and I have been doing that, and uh, last year was really the first year that we hit the ground running at the beginning of the year doing that. So we're just going to keep doing that, um, doing small group. We haven't started yet. In fact, we haven't even talked about when we're going to start yet. Um, so when Caro said um, we're sometimes disorganized, that's that's probably what we are right now. But um, it will start again soon on a Wednesday night um, for the parents out there. Um, and last year was the first year that we went to Soul Survivor Camp for the first time. Um, and so we'll do that again this year as well, which is really cool. So we have a camp that the kids go to and a camp that the youth go to. And um, yeah, that was a really cool camp that we want to keep being a part of and um, journeying with soul. So uh, that is, that is, I don't know, is there anything else? That's the youth. You know, we don't often see the, the youth. Oh, like something actually that was really cool about last year is that we did youth services here. Um, and so we're going to keep doing that again as well because it's really awesome when the young people get up and they get to share from uh, what they're experiencing and for you guys to speak back into their life. Um, so at the end of last year, we had a panel of adults and the youth asked you guys questions and then a panel of youth. I don't know if I said that right, but we swapped it over. So um, that was really cool. So we want to keep doing that and we want to be getting them up here and sharing and for you guys to be able to speak into their life as well. So pretty excited about that. Yeah. So good. That was a good one. Um, Lent is starting on the 6th of March. Now, that, is it? are you going to do a Lent group? Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, Lent is happening 6th of March. So Ash Tuesday is the 5th of March. Ash... That's a pancake, tr- yes, I'm getting it all mixed up. Ash Wednesday is the 6th of March, pancake day. Anyway, speak for me. With pleasure. Um, this is the prayer book thing. Now, anyone that was at morning church last week would have seen and reflected on this cool little artwork thing of the hand of God coming down and sort of a heart below. Anyway, it was really cool, but this, this is a, a book with a whole bunch of different illustrations. 
and little associated prayers or reflections. So there's 40 days of these. Um, they're really, really nice and really simple. And then kind of every week or so, there's some different spiritual practice that's introduced as well. So what we thought is, it's not actually specifically kind of Lent material, but it'd be really great during Lent um, for anyone that wants to purchase one of these and we can kind of just journey through some of these 40 days of prayer together. We'll probably set up a little WhatsApp group and kind of just communicate sporadically through that. But yeah, it'd be really, um, be really cool. So if you want to, if you want to be involved in that, I think it's $27, but it's quite a nice little book that I'm sure you keep on using. So come and see yeah, me or Cara afterwards and yeah, get on board with that. Ordering the books this week. Really, it's just a tool if you think, like Lent's a great thing, it's 40 days, it's leading up to Easter, it's a sacred time and it's a, we just thought, why not have a shared tool that we use to just encourage us to be praying? Often in Lent you fast, like you give up something, fair do that, but this is adding something, like it's adding some prayer practices to your to life and if you're a person who struggles with prayer, this might be a good way to activate yourself for, for Easter. So that's Lent. I think that's all I've got to say. How are you feeling? I've talked. There's been a lot of talking and information. Are you okay? We good? That's us. That's 2019. That's that's central. And I think that to finish, we should just pray for our church. So why don't we all stand? Um, and let's pray. I I just want people to pray out some prayers. You might have to pray loudly so everyone can hear. And let's just pray for, for our community. Pray prayers of honour to God for who we are and for who he's created us to be. And pray prayers that say that we'll lean in to the things that God is speaking to us this year. And let's just do that together as a group. Thanks for listening. If you want to check out more about Central, visit us at centralchurch.org.au. Music by Chris D'Souza beloved member of Central. <laughs>